What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of Echoing Nerds. My name is Tim, and joining me, as always, is Dane. Dane, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I heard <laughs> I, I heard that you. Uh, it's not been going good for you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> not the best start to this Saturday afternoon, <laughs> I will say. Dealing with some cat fights, a literal cat fight <laughs> that... Uh, one of my cats had to deal with, so a little delay in recording this episode <laughs> this afternoon, but he's doing okay right now. I'm looking at him as we record this episode, sleeping peacefully, <laughs> so hopefully the sound of my voice talking will keep him calm and probably keep him asleep for a good portion longer, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, not a fun way to start the day. It's like, why can't you guys just get along? That's yeah. what we're why can't you just... <laughs> Uh, you're telling uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, big week for uh, uh, Tom Petty. Uh, <laughs> right. Last week, or I know. the week before. <laughs> so that was a surprise. Yeah. Well, for, can I say something first right now, Dean? Yeah. I I have not seen the Grand Theft Auto Six trailer yet. So <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> but I've heard how it used uh, the Tom Petty song. Love is a long road. Uh, this yeah. how it kind of shot up the streaming charts because of it. Was like, oh, oh that's it. awesome. Oh, that's good for his uh, his estate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and just yeah. more people getting exposed to Tom Petty and just the brilliant songwriter that he was. So, did yeah? Did the song fit the trailer though, or what? What was going um, on? I I really don't see the connection to be honest okay. uh, between. The song and uh it looks like it's gonna be based in somewhat florida um yeah i don't okay. really see the connection but uh yeah maybe maybe lyrically i mean i haven't really read the read the lyrics but i don't see how tom petty can really uh, uh connect with uh grand theft auto, <laughs> grand theft auto yeah i was surprised when but, i saw that like the tom petty yeah. social medias that i follow are just saying but oh the song is like Topping the streaming charts, I go, oh, that's cool, but why? Then when I read further, <laughs> it's because of the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't realize they used it, but it's cool. Yeah. Apparently, that's not his first song for, uh, or featured in a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Game. So maybe that's, that maybe that's the, maybe that's the connection. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, don't really see the connection. Uh, game looks really good, at least from a, a preview standpoint, but I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. I, at least they're not messing around with the release date. <laughs> I mean, 2025 yeah. was kind of like way down the line for the game. Yeah. At least they're covering yeah, the bases to hopefully not have any delays. Yeah, let's not do the uh, fourth quarter of 2024 thing. And then, oh, no, it's going to be in 2025. Oh, wait, it's it's going to be actually in 2027 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it will come to that. That would. They gave a release date 
way in advance and they don't do yeah the square enix <laughs> just announce the <laughs> game but then they'll talk about it for a couple of years and then you get a release date and then it gets pushed back again well at least he, at least they put out the the pre-order for final fantasy 7 part 2 right yes mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's like a little more concrete like like we are going to release this game here yes. you know the end of february it's getting pretty close to delayed again so unless it's like a couple of days but yeah. uh, again it's square everyone's heard me at nauseam complain about their release dates and their delays but they did surprise me though at the game awards by dropping the first bit of final fantasy 16 dlc the day of the game awards i was like oh wow i missed it because there's two dlcs coming and once I saw the trailer, I just saw the release date at the bottom coming 2024. And I assumed, oh, that's for both of them. I didn't even see up top that the first DLC said available now. <laughs> that someone had to tell me that, oh, it's actually out now. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> but I still need to download it, though. Yeah, that's the game I sort of forgot about was uh, uh, 16, uh, the 7 remake part 2. You know, t- 2024, I-, I hope 7. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 gets delayed a little bit, to be honest, because not me, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it seems like February, late January, early February is going to be a really hectic month, game-wise for me, because uh, uh, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth comes out late January. I want to play Skull and Bones, um, the pirate game. Mm-hmm. We got Final Fantasy 7. And I'm guessing the, the 16 DLC. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is that is pretty jam packed for you. But thankfully, it's going to be a little. <laughs> yeah, my schedule is pretty clear <laughs> up yeah. until now. I'm just kind of catching up on some games. Like I said, I think I said this on the last episode where I finally started playing Street Fighter Six, kind of more because I did beat that RPG game I was playing, Sea of Stars, which was yeah phenomenal. <laughs> I know I talked about it on our last episode as I was into it, but I I beat it last week and it was just a great jrpg style game from start to finish i absolutely loved it so that yeah. that took me i i wanted to get everything in that game as far as some side missions and collectibles to get the true ending because it's definitely a game where you want to see <laughs> the true ending because if you just beat it without getting all those requirements for the true ending it would feel kind of lackluster <laughs> like really this is it but the true final boss and the true story ending is when you complete all those side missions and that was definitely glad i did that because it was worth it yeah i i beat uh yakuza like a dragon mm-hmm. the last uh yakuza game where going under the yakuza title and yeah that is one of my games of the year believe it or not um it, it's so weird because their cutscenes are so long but they and it, it, it's amazing how much story that they can jam into like one cutscene or one side quest or mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's it's so weird how they can they can, they they combine so many different genres like you have like your mafia movie essentially and then you have like a drama going on at the same time and then you got a family drama going on at the same time with some of the most bizarre, like weird storylines that you can ever imagine in uh, in a video game, and it's it's weird how they combine all of that into like a single game. 
that's cohesive that doesn't really um that doesn't really feel um what's the right term i'm looking incons- inconsistent yeah that's the okay. that's the word yeah <laughs> um c- kind of like how people were complaining about like uh love and thunder how it was really <laughs> inconsistent like you, you, you're yeah. balancing like comedy with a serious drama about somebody dying from cancer um yeah yep. it, it it doesn't really feel inconsistent it's weird how like it works out so really so well and those little story elements work into the giant huge story that they're telling um yeah so <laughs> yeah it's it's one of the actually you know i'm gonna let's say it it's it's actually one of the best games i've ever played wow <laughs> yeah Man. i, I, I I kind of I'm kicking myself that I uh, let myself uh, just delay, delay, delay on it uh, for so long when I should have just played it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, better late than never, though. But yeah, that's funny because going back to what you're saying about long cut things, I know that's can be kind of a detractor for some people who just want to play the game, but. For me, if it's a story yeah. and there's characters I'm really invested in, the cutscenes can be as long as they want, as long as I'm invested in it and with these characters in the story. Yeah. So sounds like that's the case for the Yakuza game that you're playing. Yeah, like the, the character work is really well done. Even like like characters that you'll never use in your lineup. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> like 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 one one character you essentially help her with her senbei business. Um, that she inherited and you really feel for her after you hear her backstory and everything um but yeah i i beat that i beat the uh yakuza like a dragon gaiden (laughs) the man who erased his name that's the entire title wow (laughs) talk about a mouthful (laughs) so yakuza like a dragon gaiden (laughs) the man who erased his name is the entire title not just a dlc Uh, no, it's a separate game. It, it was supposed to be a DLC for Yakuza Like a Dragon, but they extended it uh, to a full-on release. That's It's about 20 hours if you finish everything. Okay. Uh, which unlocks the infinite, the, the Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth demo, which I got to play. And let me say, as someone who lives in Hawaii, who lives on the island of Oahu, who has been to Waikiki, uh, they got it almost exactly correct. <laughs> nice. uh, the feel, the, uh, the 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 landmarks, even down to like this little police station that nobody knows about, um, which is really <laughs> it's it's really cool. Um, I don't go down there often. It's a tourist area that is extremely expensive <laughs> um, to do anything there. Um, but yeah, they, they they got so much correct. Not not even like the main drag. It's like even some of the side streets, some of the buildings, apartment buildings and stuff. They got exactly correct. It's obvious they they've spent a lot of time there and they've scouted it really well and they've implemented put it in their game almost exactly to what it feels like to be there, what it looks like to be there. Um, yeah. They, they they did a really good job from what I've seen so far. <laughs> I, I I haven't played a lot of it because it seems really really spoilery. Um, 
So I've, I've played a little bit of it and, you know, j just some of the combat uh, segments of it. And they've really improved the combat, uh, turn-based combat in it, in it. And yeah, that's my, uh, that's the game I'm really, really looking forward to playing. I don't have to wait that long. It's, it's in late January. So yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Cool. It's always good when you have your video game schedule set, even though it can be feel a little crowded and rushed sometimes yeah. like it was. I was going to be for you at the beginning of the year and how it was for me during the spring of 2023. But at the same time, it's yeah. kind of a good problem to have when you have all these great games that you're looking forward to playing. Yeah. But I, I wanted to ask you this. It does start out right now. Knowing how you played most Hideo Kojima games, what was that trailer that they showed I the game awards for his new game? I... <laughs> I don't know. It there's a lot of famous actors in it. Looks like <laughs> was it a game trailer? It. Was it a movie trailer? <laughs> I know they they kind of mentioned I, how they kind of want to blur the lines between both, but man, well, I don't know what the heck that was. Here's the thing. Yeah, I heard that also. I also heard that there's going to be some brand new technology that's never that that we haven't really seen in yeah a video game before with the internet and. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, Tim. J just like I didn't know what Death Stranding was. Uh, just what you thought a reveal it. trailer couldn't get any weirder than that. <laughs> yeah, but that's what he kind of operates on. And yeah, uh, same thing with the Metal Gear games. Someone is like, what is that? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I remember the, the trailer for 5 before it was even revealed as 5. Uh, it was just the Phantom Pain. <laughs> and we didn't yeah, know Phantom what Pain. the heck that was. Yeah. Yeah, but Tim, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with the PT. I don't know if you ever played. You played PT while I was up. No. Um. Yeah, same exact thing. Um, that was a little more intriguing because it was a playable trailer demo, whatever you want to call it, and there were little story elements in it. But this one, it's like I had no idea what this is sorry i mean i'm sorry <laughs> i had no idea so does that make you more interested and inclined to play it and find out or be excited about it or less inclined to actually play it and know more about it <laughs> here's the thing like i i didn't i, I didn't really like death stranding because mm, yeah. you made that i <laughs> had i had no idea what the story was was about it is about uh even though i've played i i want to say a quarter or half of it around there yes yeah, so i i i don't know what to expect from that one neither do i so <laughs> i guess uh, we'll find out whatever they decides to reveal actually what it is but we know it won't be at a future e3 event because that was the other <laughs> big video game news the past week where like e3 is officially dead dead <laughs> yeah not not on hiatus or not gonna miss another year it's just gone for good but at what i saw i was like yeah we can kind of see the writing on the wall for it but at the same time it is like yeah it's, i'm gonna miss it it was always a fun time of year when we knew e3 was coming up and all the major video game obviously publishers developers and obviously microsoft nintendo and sony would each show off their upcoming games with their uh, presentations and kind of each have each one 
each day in a row for the like for the over the course of three days. It was always fun and exciting to look forward to. But as we kind of got more and more of the different companies just having their own video streams, like the Nintendo Directs and the Sony State of Play, it's you can kind of see that becoming more of the norm and the way these companies are going to start show, showing off the new games instead of having these live presentation shows. So it is something that's going to be missed. But at the same time, I will say I do like the presentation of these more just video um, showcases where they show off other upcoming games and just kind of kind of getting to the point instead of having these shows that kind of could drag a bit or talk about stuff you're not interested in how these data plays and Nintendo Directs and these Microsoft showcases are just all straight about talking about the games. So, yeah, it was definitely something that I'm uh, not a huge shock, but at the same time just got me, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to miss it. <laughs> have you ever been to an E3? I never have. No. Yeah. Oh. I, I never really had a desire to, to be honest. Um, unless I was able to just to go to the big press events that Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony would have, but I never really had a strong desire to be go to, to like the show floor amongst the big crowds and just waiting to play demos of games. Never really was a huge draw for me. Yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if in like 10 or 15 years we're going to look back and we're going to be like um, E3 is is sort of like how we how we let video stores die. <laughs> <laughs> How we just let Blockbuster die. <laughs> <laughs> How we just let E3 die. Yeah. Well, Nintendo was the first one to kind of bow out of the press conferences and just do their own video, and then it, which started the Nintendo Directs. So yeah. they kind of paved the way for that. <laughs> I think that's what we'll look back on. Nintendo was the one who killed E3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's our video game catch up uh, for this episode. But. <laughs> uh, kind of went long without even kicking off what we always start the show with with our last jedi minute by minute commentary so i guess we can get oh, into that next which will be going from minute 10 to 11 so as always you want to grab your vhs copy your dvd copy your betamax your laser disc copy your umd copy which i think we first heard about umds at e3 uh i don't know that for really? sure but i'm just going to assume so so <laughs> I imagine the PSP was revealed there, so I'll just assume UMD's word too. Um, so that your projector, get your Blockbuster membership card, go get your Netflix physical media copy, your DVHS, and what I'll be always watching it on, my converted DVD copy from VHS made on my now 13-year-old PC. So <laughs> you got all that stuff or any of those formats, I will begin the countdown. Are you ready, Dane? Yep, I have my PSP ready to go. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure about that PlayStation Portal version yet, or if you can stream games on there. Yeah. I mean, uh, movies. <laughs> they're they're new way of just copying Nintendo. <laughs> That's their yeah. version of the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, Tim. All right, three, two, one, and play. As we see another resistance bomber get blasted out and Paige Tico falls down just as she's about to get that remote. I do like this shot here where just as that zoomed in on her face as she opens her eyes and just the first thing they show is just all those <laughs> bombs just ready to go off. 
there's no uh, manual release point on those things. Unfortunately, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Even if there was, she's still in a bad position to try to release them. Yeah, kicking a, a ladder. No, I will say Ryan Johnson did a great job building up the tension in the sequence. If she is actually going to pull it off. And then even more so as she kicks it right there and you see it falling and it looks like she missed it and it falls right past her. But not that far as her hands wrap it. <laughs> Just in the nick of time for this minute-by-minute minute commentary, too. What a perfect way to end of the course. minute on. Right as she grabs it. Of course, that last-second grab is a Star Wars after all, Tim. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a pretty short movie if she didn't grab it. And yeah. the first sort of dreadnought destroyed all the resistance ships with Leia and Finn on it. <laughs> I'm sure Poe would have been blasted out not too long after in his X-wing. So same thing with uh, Luke in uh, Empire Strikes Back. After he he goes on that that giant slide uh, and comes out of the bottom of Cloud City, he's so lucky that there's there was like an antenna. Is that like an, an Antenna, antenna type, yeah. or, <laughs> he's so lucky that that's there otherwise he would have just plummeted straight down yep <laughs> into whatever cloud cities guessing land <laughs> <laughs> it's dumpster yeah all right so yeah. it's our minute by minute commentary for the last jedi and i guess for mainly for our main topic on this one what i've been wanting to talk about is kind of picking up what we teased on our last episode, how we said we were both going to go see Godzilla minus one right after we recorded that episode, which I did. Dane, I didn't follow up with you on that because I thought it'd be something to say for the, our next recording. But did you see it that yeah. day? You did. I did not. Unfortunately, oh. I missed it. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> see, I heard first. I, I, I just heard the word did. I did not hear the not <laughs> the first no. time. So. Yeah, I I actually couldn't get to the movie theater. Something came up, um, and I just haven't had the time to uh, go see it. So, no, unfortunately not, Tim. I missed it. Darn, darn, darn. You disappoint me for the last time, Dane. <laughs> but, but, but you can't spoil it for me, Tim. I won't. I will say this. I, I have seen it twice, so that should give you oh, an idea wow. okay. of what I thought so of it. So <laughs> you hated it. So, so you hated it then. I hated it so much. I just had uh, to see it again just to you know, make sure I really hated it and then make a YouTube video about how much I hated it and just talk about how Godzilla is not the same anymore and how they're yeah. just ruining him. Yeah, you, uh, you and all of the other Marvel fans, I suppose, with... Uh, with the release of the marvels or whatever yeah i mean just hell, hate seeing movies is the thing to do now right so <laughs> uh, yeah don't get me started on that <laughs> did you see sign. the marvels i did see did it see yeah it? is it good or yeah I, I enjoyed or? it it was entertaining i mean it's not going to go down as one of the best mcu movies but i had a good time with it the character yeah. dynamics between the three leads were was really good and they just Kind of had a fun concept of the powers swip, like swapping between them, made for some fun action sequences. So, yeah, it was entertaining. But there was a really oh, great good. post credit scene, though. I don't know if you've heard what that was yet. Was that like the X-Men or something? Yeah. Mm. Beast? It was Beast, yeah. Kelsey Grammer oh, okay. returns as Beast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 
Okay. They look great. So, they look so, great so too. they're going with a they're they're going with an older actor for Beast. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. We'll see what direction they go when the X Men are actually brought in the MCU. But they're still doing. We're in the multiverse saga, so um, yeah. we're going to be seeing familiar actors play their X Men characters. But I don't think that necessarily means they will be once it's all said and done the main X Men in the MCU continuity. You know what, Tim? I had a question for you. Um, so with all the controversy going around about the actor, are they going to re- uh, recast the, uh, what's his name, like Krang? Oh, Is Kang. it Krang? Kang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's not a brain robot? No, he's not an Utrom. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is that an Utrom? All right. Um, are they going to recast that? Bro, I, I think it's definitely a possibility. They haven't said one way or another. They've kind of been quiet about it ever since yeah. uh, the charges are brought up against them. And I, they're probably, I wonder if they're waiting to see what happens during the trial. I know this trial is going on right now. So, because yeah, I kept I hearing see. reports, oh, they're just going to drop the villain and the whole storyline. was like, you know, it's not, recasting isn't the worst thing in the world. It has been done before. <laughs> Instead of, just dropping a whole storyline that you've been building towards and uh, be just because of the actor. I think the character and the story that you're trying to build is more important than just the actor portraying it. Even if he was a really good actor, if you need to recast, you just recast it. Don't just abandon yeah. a story and idea because of that. Yeah, I agree. Yes. So we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, back, um, back to I, yeah, <laughs> I, bought tim <laughs> i i bought uh shin godzilla now oh, is nice. that one any good i have not seen that one i've been kind of reading up more on it since i saw godzilla minus one because it was yeah. the one before it so right. i have to say the design of that godzilla looks strange <laughs> it's <laughs> almost like i don't know the full story details of it but it's almost like you kind of see him transforming and becoming like godzilla over the course of the movie i'm not sure on that but like some of the clips and images i've seen like it's definitely like a different kind of godzilla yeah and apparently like in japan it's got really good reviews but here in america they it didn't mm. so i'm just wondering like what the the controversy was or the, what the switch coming east was mm, okay or coming west or whatever Interesting. Yeah, I'm not too sure yeah. on that. I do want to check it out as I'm kind yeah. of just in a Godzilla mode right now because I will say after seeing Minus One, uh, yeah. I did watch the very first Godzilla movie from 1954 for the first time. And, and, it was really good. <laughs> you know, it holds up pretty darn well, I will say. Is, is um, that the one just called Godzilla or just, is it Godzilla King of the Monsters? Nope, just Godzilla. Okay. All it's, right. It's in black and white too. And so. Um, yeah, it was it's kind of obviously we know that Godzilla, just the concept of him is a metaphor for, you know, the atomic bomb and this the destruction, <laughs> like man made destruction that could happen because of that. Yeah. And it was just really good <laughs> as far as kind of because you know how campy Godzilla movies have gotten. Yeah, um, I was going to majority say of them. This one is yeah. not that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I like how this is like a. Godzilla is supposed to be like this this representation of like the the, the anti nuclear weapon thing. Mm-hmm. 
And here in America, we're just like, what if Godzilla fought King Kong? Yeah. <laughs> Would that be cool? <laughs> and you know what? That's kind of what I like about it, too, because sure. the day after I saw Godzilla Minus One, the trailer for Godzilla and Kong came out. And it could not be any more different <laughs> than what Godzilla Minus One is. It looks, uh, yeah. it looks ridiculous, but fun, also very fun at the same time. That last shot of Godzilla and Kong just teaming up and running towards the camera is like, that's just really cool. So <laughs> both can exist, even though I think one's going to be so much better than the other. But because <laughs> sure. that Godzilla Kong trailer felt more like a planet of the apes trailer if i'm being honest did you really? watch it at all no i haven't okay because it, it kind of gets revealed where like there's this a, a bunch of other giant apes before kong and it just there's going to be more apes in this movie than different type of monsters it looks like so that's why i just kind of felt more planet of the apes like a strange new take on planet of the apes that uh, they're doing but so you got godzilla you got king kong i'm sure there's going to be some awesome action in it I just hope the humans don't annoy me like they have been in the last two American-made Godzilla movies, or Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong. So we'll see. Yeah. That's always the problem with these monster movies for me. How much will the humans annoy me? Oh, man. Which one did I see? Did I watch on Max? Uh, King of the Monsters with Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Is that the one they go like underground into like underground caves? The human yeah, characters? Yeah, like, to like resurrect Godzilla, pretty much. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I saw. So King of the Monsters was yeah. it? Uh, yeah, that one was bad. I that turned one that one is, off. That is rough. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, I, 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 I had no idea what they were doing with this in, in the story. Yeah. Or like any of the characters. See, that's a movie... Uh, I bought strictly just for the monster action because uh. I, I went back, I saw it in the theater, disappointed with it. But then when it came out, I was like, yeah, the action was cool. I'll, I'll, let me revisit it. Uh, yes, the human stuff in the story is still not good. <laughs> and then, but I still yeah. enjoy the action, seeing the monsters like that, like never before, look as good as they did in that movie. And so that's still cool. And to me, like, when I watch it, that's all I watch. I just skip anything with those human characters. And the uh, the sequel to that movie is what? Godzilla vs Kong. And that one came out twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay, I must have missed it. And that's kind of the uh, same thing. <laughs> Still, uh, cool action, but and the human stuff just drags it down. It's just it's not interesting <laughs> and just the yeah. But that is Godzilla minus one is the polar opposite of that because <laughs> it's, it's it's a better human story. Oh yes, that's actually one of the one of the strongest points of the movie is the human story they're telling. Uh, Tim, before you get into it, one thing I noticed between uh, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla minus one, at least from the trailer, mm-hmm. um, is with the Japanese movies, it seems like they they do motion capture whereas the other one the american ones they don't is that true uh, yeah i think for the most part they still use some motion capture in a person in a suit but i think with shin godzilla i think i could be wrong i'm not a godzilla expert especially 
uh, the Toho films, the Japanese ones. Where I think Shin might have been the first one where they used some CG for Godzilla. Okay. But yeah. I, again, I could be wrong. But I don't know. For, like it, it seems like the the motion the, the motions that Godzilla does is more human like. Uh huh. You know, and like more fluid than the purely CGI ones that we do here. Yeah, I, think I don't know. Maybe possible. that's just me. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's me. possible because it anyway. you do notice how they move differently. Yeah, it's, it's a lot slower, especially in minus one Godzilla. <laughs> like I said, you see him running in that Kong trailer. He doesn't do anything like that in minus <laughs> one. It's just a slow walk, which has the which I know what you mean kind of has that more like human feel or the yeah. motion capture kind of echoing what they did in the old movies with the person in the suit. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack. So let's uh, talk about Godzilla minus one. So yeah, like I said, the monster action with Godzilla is some of the best you're gonna see. There, it's really well paced. Where there's an action sequence in the beginning, the middle, and then the end, just like as you would expect to go see one of these big spectacle monster movies. But at the heart of it, it's just a great story with its human characters, because it's definitely in the vein of the very first Godzilla movie. Um, it takes place not too long after World War II and just how Japan is really reeling from the destruction um, you know, from the airstrikes, the atomic bomb. Um, so they're just dealing with that. And then not too long after they're dealing with the effects of those nuclear bombs with Godzilla attacking. But I just love how it started off. You immediately um, introduced to this character who is a kamikaze pilot he lands on this island um saying he has, makes a fault, sense. he has a faulty ship and so but oh, then okay. the engineers okay. inspect his ship and say hey we didn't really find any problems with your ship and then he's kind of walks away to say oh what are you implying of me but you, you soon realize he's a kamikaze pilot who didn't fulfill his duty and obviously just wanted to live and survive and couldn't go through with it. And so he just pretends he has a faulty ship and lands on that island to get repaired. But before anything could happen, Godzilla attacks. And that's what kicks off the movie. And as I don't want to spoil it for you, Dane, but I just will say that the central theme of this movie and the main characters is survivor's guilt, or survivor's guilt and just kind of post-traumatic stress of dealing the horrors of war but then again that survivor's guilt of him thinking he should have been he should have died he shouldn't be alive at this moment um but he was in his mind being a coward and not fulfilling that duty uh he's living with that guilt on top of some other guilt involving the first attack of godzilla so that's just essential three and throughout the course of the movie and him uh, trying to build relationships with friends and family too but at the same time having that guilt just continue to haunt him. And it's just manifested uh, with Godzilla attacking. So it's just a great central theme and story that you just really feel for this main character. And this is a good chemistry between him and the other main characters that he surrounds himself with, some like the friends that he makes on here. And then uh, this woman that he meets that um, he kind of wants to start a family with, but he feels he can't do that because he's still at war with himself. So just a lot of great stuff just character wise in there. And then you throw in all the cool monster action with Godzilla with a great 
looking Godzilla design and just some great CG effects. And they played some great homages to that first one, because even though I saw this movie first, when I was watching the very first movie from 1954, the next day, I was like, okay, so this is where Godzilla Minus One pulled some of influences from the first movie. It just made it even better uh, when I saw Minus One again. So, yeah, just really great. And boy, just the effects for Godzilla. I mean, a big topic about it is how small the budget was. And you can kind of see where they maybe cut some corners where he is underwater a lot, but it's the Jaws effect where kind of we're showing less is more kind of building up that fear and terror that people have of just seeing a little bit of this monster. But then when he does show himself, it's just, you know, just a massive awe-inspiring moment where you just see just how truly great of a threat Godzilla is seeing his size. And boy, his atomic breath in this one is probably the most devastating it's ever been shown, at least from the ones I've seen. It's just pretty much another nuclear bomb going off and just the effect of showing the devastation of what his atomic breath can do is just incredible to see. So yeah, it was, it's the complete package, a heartfelt story, great monster action. And yeah, without spoiling the ending, I will just say it's, it's one that left you satisfied and also wanting more. So <laughs> it was just really good. It's a nice surprise to get, at the end of the year and it's just one of my favorite movies of the year i just absolutely loved it and just can't wait for you to see it dane <laughs> so no spaceships or like going underneath the earth or <laughs> nothing like that uh, no. <laughs> i guess the that... only few negatives i have with it is um the ending of it you can kind of see coming uh, a little similar to the dark knight rises ending with the autopilot <laughs> situation yeah, where it's like they're kind of hitting you over the nose without actually saying it uh, to that yeah. degree so it's like i wasn't very surprised when they were going there even though they're trying to keep it a secret so but it still works over the course of the story it's like when it happens you're glad it did even though you knew you can see it coming a mile away uh, i see so characters that you care about actually care about right yeah <laughs> uh, no spaceships or whatever whatever those things were in uh king of the monsters no <laughs> nothing <laughs> like that and uh great godzilla stuff yeah right? it, it was just okay fantastic from start to finish all right sounds good i guess i gotta go see try see it again uh, it's, it's great too because they keep extending its release over here i think it was only supposed to be out for one week um, but then it did so good, they extended it. And now it's playing in even more theaters to where it's kind of having yeah. almost like a big wide release. Wide release. We have. Yeah. 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 Because they even, when I saw it the week after, again, they just they moved it in my local theater to the main auditorium where on the first weekend it wasn't. So I yeah. got to see it on the even bigger room and the bigger screen. Uh, I see. I see. Uh, I got to go see it, too. Yeah, I, I do not think you'll be disappointed with it. Okay. Just as long as I can get a grasp of the story and there's no spaceships in it, I'm yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 19, no underground resurrections. 50s, yeah. <laughs> 1940s, 50s spaceships somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About the same time, too, like, that type of storytelling has its place in Godzilla, too. <laughs> but. When you see how Milo's one handles it, 
one is clearly better than the other. But I'm glad both are out there where you can just go full-blown sci-fi with crazy monster action and more kind of a more grounded, realistic take. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm that's what I have to go for the most is the uh grounded realistic take, not flying in spaceships or going underneath the earth or you know, resurrecting Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they were doing in them that movie that I turned off halfway through. The best part of uh, King of the Monsters, they have a fight in uh Boston and Fenway Park. It's really uh, damaged and I, I almost pretty much destroyed but i didn't mind seeing that <laughs> uh. but also it seems like this is so much godzilla stuff going on i, I mentioned on the last episode the apple plus tv series monarch legacy of monsters oh, i forgot about that is it yeah. concluded not yet is it, okay we're about there's 10 episodes i think we're on episode six right now so we're just a little more halfway okay i will say it kind of hit a lull in the middle episodes um where i think one of the my favorite things about it was i was talking about how they have these flashback sequences where you have kurt russell's character be played by his son (laughs) wyatt russell in those flashbacks and those have been the best part of the series but the last couple of weeks minus this newest episode has been more focused on the current timeline with the characters which uh to be honest they're not my favorite i mean they're moving the plot along um but i wish they would focus more on the flashbacks that's story taking place in the 50s um with the development of monarch and them just really discovering these giant monsters because there's some great sequences with godzilla <laughs> they're short but they're really effective as far as them seeing them for the first time so um when it's not focusing on that it's not quite as good as my opinion uh, the last episode we got this past week kind of returned to that and was definitely more enjoyable where it was more of a balance between the current time period and the flashback and how the monsters and Godzilla fits into both periods uh, was well done there. But it hasn't been as consistent as I was hoping for, to be honest. So, but still yeah, enjoyable. It, it seems like with Apple TV, it seems like there's a lot of shows on there that nobody knows about. Yeah, well, I've count me included in there because <laughs> yeah uh, this is the first show on apple tv that i've actually watched or watched right like i didn't even hear about this show until you started talking about it now that you think i mean i've seen some advertisement for it obviously because that's how i heard about it but not as much as you would think mm. yeah i i don't know it seems like that's just a place that people put shows that they have to release because of contractual obligations or something (laughs) that like uh, that's just a place where people put shows and it's it's there if you pay very 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 close attention to tv stuff (laughs) (laughs) there if you want to pay 10 bucks a month it's there for you (laughs) yeah i'm gonna wait for the uh the series to completely come out then i'm gonna pay the 10 bucks <laughs> yeah that's it. probably wise and ho- yeah. hopefully it, it it sticks its landing in these last few episodes go back to how it started and yeah not a little bit of the low period it's had with the last two so, so apple does uh do uh advert ads for it or for like all their shows 
I would. They have to, yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe yeah. once they're on, they don't do as much advertising for it. Because I've seen, so, I obviously I saw the trailers and ads for Monarch before, but not too much now as it's going on. Uh, I see. Well, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the the entire show to be yeah. done <laughs> and then take a look. Take a look, see. That would be the. My opinion to you, yes. Or my recommendation yeah. to you, I should say. <laughs> and uh, since we're on the topic of Godzilla too, I got to mention this. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but you know how the Batman, I keep talking about the Batman NES game being some of the best Batman music ever. Oh, really? You did? No. <laughs> uh, well, in case you forgot, Dave, let me, let me refresh your memory. <laughs> <laughs> Go, start from the beginning and seven hours later we'll be halfway through the story. <laughs> I'll be done right? with the first level. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that Streets of Gotham music is so so good. Uh, yeah, that's there. No, uh, one uh, one of the best Batman songs. Period. But I was gonna say that applies to the Godzilla NES game as well. The soundtrack for that game is so good, and I've been there's not an official version out on Spotify or anything like that to stream, but I do have copies of it saved on my ipod which is the only way to listen to it or if you want to go to youtube and watch some videos of it but for anyone who's kind of into godzilla right now because of godzilla minus one and you like good old 8-bit chiptune video game music check out the godzilla nes soundtrack it is one of the best and most underrated nintendo soundtracks you're gonna hear it's just great melodies to the tune uh, for the main title screen and over the course of the game, you visit all all nine planets of the solar system. Yes, including Pluto back then when it was still a planet. <laughs> and each planet just has its own uh, music theme song to go with it, which is great. So, and Earth has the best one. The Earth music is fantastic. So I just wanted to throw that out there. For anyone who's not familiar with the music of that Godzilla NES game, do yourself a favor and check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you're a fan of so that I'm not, style. I'm not... I'm not familiar with any of the, uh, the the Godzilla NES soundtrack or the game. Let me get this straight. So this Godzilla NES game is essentially Godzilla in space. Yes. All of that stuff okay. you were talking about that you didn't want to see in the movies is in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Why is Godzilla in space? He's, he's not an alien, right? No, he's not. He's a uh, Komodo dragon, right? No, well, that's what I learned in the first movie, in the very first Godzilla movie. Yeah. He was actually like a dinosaur from the Jurassic era that survived and ah. was awakened because of the nuclear bombs and enhanced okay. his, gave him power, like his atomic breath and all that. I see. Okay. But so why is he the, in space? Well, How does he get there? I think there is an opening sequence in that game that tells the story, or I think he's actually sent there by Earth, where it's like alien species and their monsters are threatening Earth, and to decide the fate of the galaxy, the monsters are going to fight. I think Earth sends Godzilla, something to that effect. Okay. I got to so... rewatch a playthrough on YouTube or something to get the full story. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, okay. And the, the graphics hold up pretty well for an NES game, I will say. Even as a kid playing it for the first time, I thought, oh, man, this is the best-looking Nintendo game ever. Uh, I see. Type it in real quick, Dane. Type in Godzilla NES just to give yeah, you an idea I, of what I, it looks like. <laughs> I got to take a little peek. 
sorry guys listening to this i uh i gotta take a look but Godzilla, anyone listening take a look at it too nes game okay turn playable video no you know uh, monster of monsters is yes. that the name of the game okay. yes we uh I think the sprites are pretty impressive back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is great. I like this black background. Because, yeah, at the end, you play through the level and you you see the planet that you're on in the background. So you're not technically on the planet. You're like on like an asteroid or a moon of the planet's area. But yeah, see, you see it in the background here. Yeah. yeah. But when you fight the boss and the monsters, that's just plain black background. <laughs> Why are the stars pink? <laughs> radiation. There you go. Oh, radiation. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's almost like you're on a it's almost like a board game. You on the uh, world map, you pick your monster. You can either be Godzilla or Mothra, and then you choose how many spaces you want to move them. And on the other side of the board, there's the your enemy monsters. And for each new planet you go, there's a new monster added. So by the time you get to the last level, Planet X, there's like nine or ten monsters you have to deal with. But you're getting stronger and leveling up as you go and defeat the monsters. So you plow through them pretty quickly. But it was just a fun concept (laughs) back in the day where it's just going through these levels, destroying these alien spaceships and stations, and then you fight these different monsters. And at the time... With some of the best looking graphics on the NES and a killer soundtrack. I mean, I love that game. <laughs> yeah, I'll say the uh the Godzilla uh model looks really good. Yeah, I don't the, know about the other monsters, but the monsters the look good too, like the bosses like Mecha Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Gigan, they all look good. Like this game introduced me to some of the more classic Godzilla monsters too. Who's this last guy? Uh, Ghidorah? 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 Yeah. The three-headed one, right? Yeah. Is it the last? Uh... Yeah. It's, well, it's Godzilla's mortal enemy. Oh, Ghidorah? It's, oh, his, it's, it's Godzilla's name. Joker. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, I see. Well, Tim, I gotta say, if I was a kid... When this game came out, I would have definitely liked it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was such a good time. I remember All the right, day okay. we got it, too. It was back when Toys R Us had it where you had to pick up these tickets to get a video game. You didn't actually see the physical game out on shelves. They had, like, the artwork of the box that you could flip over and take a look at it. And then the t- you pull a ticket out, you pay for it at the register, then you take your ticket with the receipt to the pickup counter, and then they give you the actual game. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, because video games age very badly, right? Yes, they do. In particular, uh, the PlayStation 1 and 64 era. Those are the worst <laughs> games that age badly. Some NES oh, and Super Nintendo games age much better than those. Even uh, PlayStation 3 games. I, I got to say, PlayStation 3 games don't age that well. Um, because I recently, I, I played the game Dragon's Dogma uh, back when it came out. And I remember being blown away by, like, the graphics 
and like the dragons in it and all these things. Um, the sequel is coming out next year. Add that to the to my list. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? This looks really cool. Let me go back to the original Dragon's Dogma. And I went back and it's like, oh my God, like the character models are so, some of the ugliest <laughs> uh, <laughs> character models you'll ever see. And the graphics are all right, but you can tell that um, they really, uh, they, <laughs> I don't know if it was they, they didn't know what to put in between the towns and stuff, but it looks really bare. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of trees and a, a little some bushes and the path is it <laughs> so, so you can tell that they kind of skipped on that but like yeah video games don't don't really age well they age like milk in the summer sun i'd say <laughs> yeah <laughs> hence why we get so many remakes and remasters which sounds like yeah. that game does need one <laughs> from how you're describing it yeah which is i you see i i got confused because i thought that the metal gear box set um mm. was going to be it remastered nope but it's not <laughs> it's just the regular yeah <laughs> it's just the regular games that they brought to ps5 uh which was yeah i'm gonna save my 30 dollars or whatever it was 40 dollars. So they are definitely redoing three though which that was really good the remaster yeah 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 but i thought they were gonna redo all of it they they might as well (laughs) i mean they should yeah like they should have just started out with the what was it 97 or 98 that first metal gear or the reboot it was 98 let's just remaster that redo that one and then two in what 2001 um Mm -hmm. yeah and then three uh but yeah the Metal Gear Solid Remaster Trilogy. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. You see, I thought that box set thing was going to be all of them remastered, but... No, it, it definitely would wouldn't be only $30 if it was. Yeah. yeah it would have been 100 Rob, <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, now, if they did a remaster of that Godzilla NES game, oh boy, we'd be in for a real <laughs> treat. <laughs> Yeah, it would occupy your entire 2024 uh, game yeah. release. It would, yeah, it would be right underneath Final Fantasy VII Rebirth as my most anticipated game of the year. If that was uh, that no, was forget for, forget the Rebirth remake. Uh, you're playing this for the entire year, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing that Godzilla remake for the rest of the year. It would be hard to put down. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and if they uh, could be- have the original soundtrack quality plus a re like every massive version of the soundtrack and you could switch back and forth that would be perfect <laughs> a lot of video game talk on this one yes there is <laughs> <laughs> but hey it's us <laughs> we can't yeah. help but we love video games so much <laughs> uh switching topics tim um juan soto is a yankee what do you think what are you thinking what are we thinking i'm, I'm feeling good about it to be honest i um I do think the Yankees gave up a lot for just one year, especially the main piece, Michael King, who did really great. He was great in the bullpen. Then he started some games at the end of last year and was dominant. So I hated to see him go. But at the same time, Yankees needed a left-handed 
power bat in that lineup so desperately. And Juan Soto is one of the best in the game. It was like, I felt they had to make it. See, I'm not too upset about the prospects they gave up. More about the one pitcher, Michael King. But I think in the end, it was a deal they had to make. They desperately need to improve their offense and on the left side of the plate, too. So um, I'm feeling good about it. But they need to make some pitching moves now <laughs> because the rotation is kind of <laughs> kind of falling short. But yeah. I'm hoping they can get this Japanese player, uh, Yamamoto, who's pretty much feels like meeting with every team and <laughs> almost every team <laughs> is interested in him. So uh, hopefully the Yankees have a good shot to try to get him because well, they definitely need pitching. Yeah. Uh, the Mets, uh, they really need pitching in a bad, bad way. Um, hopefully they can land Yamamoto. Uh, (laughs) I unfortunately, I unfortunately don't think they are. I don't think the Yankees are. I think we both know where he's going. That that that, that former New York team. (laughs) (laughs) The former, you mean the Giants? (laughs) Yeah. No, unfortunately that blue and white California team that was a uh, New York team. Well, yeah, I think that's where he's going. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a bit. Okay. Otani. Yeah. Seven hundred million dollars. Most know, of it deferred. I, I, <laughs> I a was surprised by that contract. B I thought he was going to get more than that. Oh really? Uh, See, maybe, I was surprised he got that he much. Didn't. Maybe if he didn't get the injury uh, in his throwing arm. Is it his throwing arm? It is, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he gets 750. Maybe he gets eight. <laughs> Man, can you, ima- yeah, you know? imagine if he was pitching this year? He probably would have gotten yeah. eight from the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. And I bet uh, Steve Cohen, uh, I bet you every other uh, – uh, franchise owner is kicking themselves right now with what the Dodgers got with the um, deferment and no interest on it. Yeah. That's, just really surprising. I thought it was going to be a Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be a Bobby Bonilla situation <laughs> uh, where he's getting paid, <laughs> paid for years and years after it. Um, yeah. I bet you a lot of, a lot of these owners are kicking themselves right now that the Dodgers got 700 million. With two million a year for ten, and then sixty-eight deferred for the next ten. Um, but it's just insane. Yeah, o- <laughs> Otani is going to be a very, very rich individual um, in the next twenty years. Yeah, I mean, the deferred part was like, okay, I, I can kind of get that. But then when I saw how much he's actually deferring and what he's going to get paid yeah. every year, that's what really I know what kind of raised some eyebrows for some players even in the social yeah. industry like could the dodgers actually do this yeah i was gonna say it almost feels illegal yeah. <laughs> you know like they're breaking some kind of rule but yeah 70 million aav and he's only getting 2 million from that uh yeah. for, the, for the entire contract so Length. i mean they're yeah that's not most of it's not going to go against their like uh luxury tax either yeah and Steve Cohen is the king of the luxury tax. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't. And, and like to hear the reports coming out that like they never even offered him a contract. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they never even offered Otani a contract. Um, it, it, it makes it sound like with Yamamoto uh, coming up, it's like, are they even going to offer him a contract? And I know they went to Japan specifically to get some FaceTime with him, but I don't know. Like, it's Otani and he didn't even offer him a contract. What's, well, what's going on here? Uh, to be honest, I think Otani made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to be playing New York for either the Mets yeah. or the Yankees. So I don't think they really bothered with that yeah so yeah what did the Yankees do uh did they offer him a contract and what was it the first time when he first came over here the Yankees really wanted him but he didn't want to come over here (laughs) yeah I see so yeah then that then because of that the Dodgers are able to get trade for Tyler Glass now from the Rays and give him a contract extension and (laughs) not have to worry about it because spending too much money because of the deferral stuff for Otani it's just and they could get Yamamoto still. It's, it's insane. See, I'm not too upset that Otani went to the Dodgers because I knew he wasn't going to the Yankees. And I'm not, and the Rays yeah. were never going to trade Glass now to the Yankees. So, <laughs> but if the Dodgers get Yamamoto, then I'll be upset because the Yankees desperately need him for pitching. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if giving a another Japanese pitcher uh, a big contract. And having him do the Japanese thing where it's like uh, they only pitch once every seven days. Yeah. Um, is really smart when you have a Japanese pitcher on the roster doing that with uh, Senga. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't think. I don't know <laughs> if it's <laughs> you see, but like I've, I've seen. I've seen Yamamoto pitch. I've seen his his highlight videos and stuff, and his, I've seen his fastball. And it's yeah, he does look like the real deal. So. Yeah, and he's only twenty five. Yeah, so he's gonna get thirty. A, he's gonna get a yeah. good long contract too. Yeah. So, and the, I mean the Mets desperately need, desperately, desperately need some starting pitching. Um. They're filling up the bullpen right now <laughs> mm. um, with, with uh, you know, Jags, you know, just another guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they desperately need starting pitching right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Dane. Uh, my cat is, he's wanting to come out and I have to go taking bringing the other cats to make sure he can come out <laughs> type thing so i don't know if you just if you want to wrap it up real quick or just wait a bit until i come back or i would just wrap it up here okay yeah that's good that's yeah okay but anyway yeah we um, shall see what happens <laughs> still the off season <laughs> still a lot of fun stuff to be had <laughs> yeah so we'll see but yeah i guess but with yeah. that with our Godzilla and video game and now baseball talk. I think that'll do it for this episode. So, well, I should say I didn't give my official score for Godzilla minus one. So before we end, I'll just say definite five out of five <laughs> without question. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that solidifies that as far as my positive review for Godzilla minus one. So, all right. Now that so, that's out there, I can give it to you for the outro. <laughs> okay. So just uh, follow Echoing Nerds on Twitter at echoing nerds uh, you can email the show at echoing nerds at gmail.com is that it too 
That is it, yes. Okay. Uh, I follow Tim on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at Gates' Banana. Brain Reviews on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. And like we say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our Godzilla monster loving, smashing cities, <laughs> atomic breath hearts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.